Please listen carefully. Okay. Um, Disease. Me? You? <laughs> yeah, that's the noise I'm going to use. Are you just creating a noise for me to use in the pre-intro? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Everyone and Their Sister. I'm Christina. I'm Natasha. And I'm Stephanie. And this week on our eighth episode, the last episode of the year, guys, we are going to be talking about the absolute very best of 2017, except not the best of the 2017 that exists out there in the world, but the best of our 2017. So anything this year that we read or watched or whatever we wanted to that we thought was the best that we wanted to talk about. I followed the rules this time. I didn't. (laughs) And it doesn't necessarily mean that we picked a book, a movie, and a TV show. It could be anything. Top three, anything. Yes. I picked a book, movie, and television show because I need structure in my life, guys. I picked one just because... That's just what happened this five minutes ago. <laughs> I easily, like I was saying earlier, I easily could have picked three TV shows, hands down. I watch so much TV in my life, it is difficult. Mm, yeah, that's true. I didn't pick a movie. <laughs> I don't know why anyone's surprised. I, sometimes I wonder why we do movies, I'll be honest. Because definitely books and TV shows are a thing. Like, I love movies, but books and TV shows, I think, are, are bigger wheelhouses. That's very true. I mean, all the movies I like are, like, pre Shane, so it's like... I watch Twilight sometimes when I'm feeling down. It's so bad. That is is adorable. I can't believe that's a thing. All the time. Like, I will watch any of the Twilight movies. They bring me joy. Although, like, I watch, like, really... Christmas time is my favorite time to watch terrible movies because there's (gasps) all my movies. Have you guys seen A Christmas Prince on Netflix? Yes, I have! Horrible. I heard it's so bad. So bad. Oh my god. Everyone looks tired. Everyone has huge bags under their eyes. And I'm like, who's the cinematographer that didn't know how to light the scene? They legitimately they could have taken I forget what the actress's name is, but it's she's the girl from iZombie. Yeah. They could have taken her directly out of an episode from iZombie with how like pale her face is. And her hair was awful. Like you couldn't have made her go get her hair done. Her roots are huge. I don't understand this movie. (laughs) The prince has a foundation that you can see. It's so thick. Oh my god. It's a lot. All right, should we start? <laughs> oh, yeah. Should we switch it up? I'm not going to go first. Oh, what? I'm going to pick someone to go first. You guys have to rock, paper, scissors. Who goes first? Um. So I will start with my book since I do have book, movie, TV show. And I was going to choose A Conjuring of Light by B. Schwab as my favorite because that was my favorite of the year. Same. But we Ish. all. <laughs> kind of. I think he talked about A Darker Shade. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I can't do it. And I already talked about it. Yeah. This year. I didn't want to mention the same series twice because. But you should all read it, everyone. Yes, you should. <laughs> so I decided to go with a totally different series. It is still fantasy, um, but it was one of the most surprising books I read this year. Because it's, I think it was good. And also, I'm pretty sure it's self-published, which is very, very strange for me because I refuse to touch self-published. That's offensive. Self-published. I read a lot of self-published. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of (laughs) self-published out there that is really good. I just do not trust it to be edited. As a lover of non-straight romance, I have no choice but to read self-published books. (laughs) So true. I guess that's true. But anyway, did you pick him for your? your Oh my god! I should have picked him. Oh, what a mistake. Anyway, keep going. So my choice for best of 2017 is called The Silver Thief by Edward Robertson. And it is the second book in a series called The Cycle of Galand, which 
Um, I started listening to the audiobooks on YouTube before they took them down. I don't know who took it down. Can I ask a question? This pirater right here. <laughs> who puts up audiobooks on YouTube? And, like, how can they stay like that? And, like, I don't understand. Just people who... Just so, randoms. Yeah, who listen to them and put them online. Do so they record it brilliant. themselves? No, they, they, no, they no, actually no. They, they the audio file from okay. the audiobook that they Yeah, get. these are like good audiobooks. Like no. publisher so publishers don't even notice or care. Yeah. It's I, kind of like I mean, I think because this was initially self pubbed and I think later on this series okay. is no longer self pubbed, the publisher must have noticed at some point and mm-hmm. took them down. Um but they took them down while I was at the very last chapter of the third book in the series so i was like what the fuck oh no you have to pay for a book series you really enjoy i did not i ripped it from somewhere else (laughs) listen i am gonna buy these physical books now that's how much i love them you better (laughs) but anyway so i started listening to this because i was bored on my drives into work and i was like i'm gonna start listening to the series didn't realize the series is actually the second arc of a whole like universe. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, so oh, there's a first Lord. trilogy called the Cycle of Iran, which just talks about this main character in here, and basically it talks about this sorcerer named Dante Galland. Um, <laughs> That's a fucking name. Yeah, right. So when I first started reading or listening to, so it, you know, was... it's self-published. <laughs> Dante. <laughs> so when I first started listening to it, I was like, oh my god, this is gonna be terrible. I'm gonna hate it. It's gonna be hilarious. So it's the first arc is essentially about him discovering his powers and there's two different kinds of powers in the world that they're in. There's like the dark powers. I can't remember what the, they're called, but there's kind of like like the dark necro sort of style power, but they can be used for good. And then there's like the light side of the power and that's the predominant power in the world because so many people are, I guess, like judgy of the dark power somehow, you know, discrimination. They're like, it can only be used for bad, but it's not actually that way. But anyway, so the first arc is about him and discovering his powers. The second arc that I started is him 10 years later. So obviously there's all these inside jokes that I'm not understanding (laughs) in the beginning. And he's the leader of this nation that he has somehow helped separate from some previous nation that I had no idea about. (laughs) So of course I'm going into the series and have no idea what's going on. Um, and he is kind of bored as a leader and goes on this whole new adventure. And the first book is him going to an island where he's finding his father who's been missing for several years. It was an okay book, whatever. But the second book is where really shit goes down, where they introduce the Silver Thief. And the Silver Thief is, I think, in the whole series, the only main female character. Which is why this excited me, because the second series is going to be essentially about her under Dante Galan's leadership, I guess. So the Silver Thief is this girl who has doesn't really seem to have the same powers that Dante has, but she has the ability to shadow walk, which is essentially kind of disappear into the shadow world, but still be in the real world. It's really hard to explain. Can she go invisible is what you're saying? It's it's sort of like being invisible, but it's she's still there. Like somebody could still stab her if she was like there and they couldn't see her but they just accidentally hit her yeah so she's like in, invisible but not invisible although if you're invisible invisible with a body invisible yeah with a that makes sense body but also because invisible doesn't mean that you're like a ghost like yeah you're corporeal still but she also corporeal. sees the world differently when she's in that state so yeah. the world becomes all like discolored and stuff like that it's it's or misty or something like that it's all to do with the shadow world anyway what happens is he encounters her, she ends up stealing something from him, and there's a whole story with them involved, 
um, and how there's like a bigger conspiracy going on in the world. So uh, you know what that sounds exactly like? What a dark shade of magic. Doesn't she steal something from him? And then there's something going oh, on yeah! within the three worlds. But there's wow. not three worlds in this one. It's okay. just one. It's one big world with several nations. But the reason I really like this series is because it gets really into the political intricacies yes. of each of the nations, which is so unique. Because a the series is super funny. Like these, like the jokes are actually hilarious, which is really refreshing to get from a fantasy series because usually like the jokes are kind of like tried and whatever. But they're super funny. The interactions between people is actually genuine. So, like, you can tell the characters are kind of based on what real people would be like. Um, yeah, it's really unique in that way, which is why I really loved it. Uh, I haven't finished the series yet. It's supposed to be, I think, five or six books in the series, and there's only four out currently. I will be buying these books, and I will <laughs> eventually read that first trilogy so I understand his background a bit more. Would you recommend this as an ebook or an audiobook? Because I might actually want to read this. <laughs> I, it shocks me. It It's funny to listen to it just because of the tone of some of the jokes. Okay. So I would recommend as an audiobook because of the sarcasm that's in like the oh, sarcasm. My heart. The sarcasm is so on point. That's everything I want to hear. But. Yeah. So I would definitely recommend as an audiobook over ebook. Okay. For sure. But I have anyway. a hard time with audiobooks, but I might be willing to do it. You could do this one. And the and the voice person that does it is actually really good. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I'm going to rate this one eight white liches out of ten books of Iran, which is somewhat of a spoiler, but... I definitely didn't get any of those references, but... Okay. <laughs> well, you won't unless you read them. But now i got to read Darker Sheet of Magic and this, too. Oh. Yeah. They're very similar. They sound very similar. Can I recommend How? that you maybe read the trilogy a Cycle of Iran first? Which I, I heard isn't actually as good as this one. Literally already have all the books that I can read in 2018. Steph, do your thing. Alright. So I picked a book. A romance series. Surprise, surprise. The world is shocked. Everyone's shocked. <laughs> uh, so the book series I picked is the Maiden Lane series by Elizabeth Hoyt. Um, oh. It's 12 books, which I all Jesus. read this year. <laughs> 12 books? That's all I did for three months was read God these books. God damn. And then, like, in when I got tired, I, like, shuffled one in. But then, <laughs> so I basically read this series in three months. Maybe. Yeah. So it's a historical romance. It takes place in London. I can't remember the year. It's the per- ta- period of time when all the guys wear wigs. <laughs> which took me, that's, like, that took me aback. And I had to struggle through that. Because, like, they're, like, all the main heroes were, like, white powdered wigs. I'm like, this is not... Is that the 1800s? I feel like it's the 1700s. I think it might be the 1700s. But like that, mm-mm, wasn't, not impressed. Uh, so then, so the reason I picked it up is because a lot of people on Twitter were talking about it, like how it's the best plotted series they've ever seen, and oh. I can agree. Wow. Because wow. it's 12 different couples that kind of don't have any relation to each other. <gasps> 12 couples? And then 12. they come together at the end? They're kind of all interlinked together, but like, I don't know how she plotted this so well because like something that happens in like book three is relevant in book six like shit like that shit continuity is my favorite she did it so well and i don't know how she ever did it um so like again not all the books are created equal not all of them are the (laughs) best but like so there's so many different you have like a pirate romance (gasps) you have like a beauty and the beast kind of romance because the guy is scarred you have secret cults you have illegitimate children 
the king shows up. Okay, I might read this. A villain <laughs> who gets his own love story. So you have this like fucking guy. This like he's this is one of my top stories. He's like the villain throughout the whole series, and like he get he gets redeemed with a love story, and he's he's like a not obnoxious personality is my favorite. And I'm like that is who I am as a person. I already hate this episode <laughs> because I now have to read so much. Twelve books. You, Twelve fucking books. But they're like small romance. Avon you can read them in like right? four hours. Twelve books. Twelve books. Plus the two fantasy series. Whew, you got a lot to do. At twenty eighteen is wrapped up for me. Done. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> literally everything you wanted in a series come together in one neat package. Like people at probably at work saw my libraries, <laughs> and I'm just like, don't look at this. And like the audiobooks are pretty good, so I would listen to the audiobook at work, and then I'd read it on the subway home. So I'm like, I gotta keep going. I can't stop. <laughs> So what you're saying is after I finish my current book, I should read this whole series to finish my 40 books. Okay, <laughs> also, yeah, because the first book is about, like, someone who's not of, like, aristocracy. Aristocracy? I can't speak today. Aristocrat. Aristocracy? Aristocracy. <laughs> yeah, okay. So she is, a, like, a commoner, but she gets involved with a duke. They're all dukes in this fucking thing. Let me tell you, a Christmas prince, similar premise. Exactly. <laughs> but, like, she's a com- Like, they run uh, orphanage for the people in, like, of the poorest part of uh, London, which is St. Giles. And then, so you have all this romance for that, like, this family called... Oh, shit, what are their names? I can't remember. It's fine. It doesn't matter. But, like, so they start off the series. Pirate shows up. Pirate? A legit pirate. I'm so... Like, you said that, and I was like, I'm gonna read... I love pirates! Yeah, and he, like, forces... So the pirate guy forces... He has a illegitimate daughter, and then he gives the daughter to, like, this woman to take care of, because he wants her, obviously. So, like... So here's a gift so of she my gets, daughter. So she gets attached to the daughter, and then he takes the daughter back, so she comes and get, tries to get the kid back. What? The long game! The it's long the, um, game. That's creepy as shit, yo. Yeah. And then, so, okay, sorry. The premise... <laughs> so, like, the whole thing, the whole... The leading thread of the series is, like, there's a... Ghost of St. Giles. So this guy, like, fights crime and he's a vigilante. What? So, so there's one guy that goes around the worst part of uh, London and, like, saves people. In, like, uh, a costume what? and mask and, like, a... Yeah. It's a great series. This is amazing! Yeah. Were his parents killed in an alley? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Could you think? imagine this is the, like, next Batman movie? It should I'm be. I'm sorry. Okay. I know, I know this is taking away from it. But yeah. once again, you have not chosen a single book. <laughs> you were I'm picking 12! You <laughs> distracted us. It's an intriguing story. I read them You're all like, in 2017. You, you are the worst. <laughs> and I, to be honest, I didn't even notice until I realized she hasn't picked a single book. There's yet. so many. You, There's legit so many. You are a dirty, dirty rule breaker. I, can't help I it. literally picked the second book of a series because I was like, gotta pick that one book. I don't. I can't pick a favorite. I legit can't pick a favorite. Mm-hmm. You can't pick a favorite anything. There's twelve of them. You would make a great mom. <laughs> I would make a great mom. You would love no all favorites. your children equally. The only person to ever do that. <laughs> hey mom, who do you like more? <laughs> I got questions. Well, sorry guys, that, that's what happens. I'm thinking if I missed anything. Nope, everything's great. Okay, I'm reading that. That's happening. Yeah, and like I've never read nice. so like I hate reading series one after the other because yeah. I'm always like it's just not good. But this one didn't care, and I just kept going and going. What's the series called again? Maiden Lane series. Oh, and I didn't even talk about the like dirty part of the series. Is like the sex in this is kind of like 
interesting for the time. Like, what are you an interesting? Like sexy, sexy, like like Fifty Shades. No, <laughs> it's like the first one has um the main girl kind of has like a, a fetish for like watching people do it. So like the what? guy takes her to a brothel and there's like they're peeking in holes and yeah. she's like getting turned on and he's I like I am so into this already. I mean <laughs> <laughs> Oh things we learn about men. No, um, I mean like this sounds hilariously fun. <laughs> it's it's so much fun. And like the so the girls kind of feel shame about it because <laughs> there's no reason to feel ashamed. I mean that certainly feels that way. At that what? time she felt that there was Oh, it, the first book is called Wicked Intentions. Like, oh, what more do you mean? <laughs> Pull quote for the Instagram picture. Matt just reveals she's an exhibitionist. <laughs> Listen for more. <laughs> Not only that, but Slange is definitely beyond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a great series. And what else was I gonna say? Oh, it also like turns dark half like so like it's like. It's kind of soap opery, but then it turns like real dark with like a gross cult society that's trying to take over the London like business side. So oh. they need to take it down. Oh, that's it. There's too many things to talk so, about it. Everyone needs to read it. So what's your rating? Uh, my rating is nine steaming teas out of ten gross wigs. Because <laughs> <laughs> I still can't get over those fucking wigs <laughs> that they talk about. It. Like how nasty is that? A powdered wig that's like massive in my mind. Yep. Oh, of course. Of course they are. No. Curly, Everything. massive, gross. Never been washed. Rat hair. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> so, Christina, what's your pick? So, my best thing of 2017 is something that did not come out this year, but something that I only just listened to this year. So, I'm picking the audiobook version of this specifically. Ooh. I feel like the ebook would probably be good, but you need to listen to this as an audiobook. It is the only way to ingest this book. I swear to God. Do not read it. Go out, find <laughs> the audiobook of it. The book is called War Horses of Letters. Oh, I knew okay. that one. <laughs> it is by Marie Phillips and Robert Hudson. Um, and before I say anything else, the first line in the description of this book is the world's first gay equine military epsilary romance. <laughs> like, what even is that? So that's, I had to Google the word epsilary, by the way, and that means done through, like, a story told through a series of letters. Okay. Which you can also get from the title. Mm-hmm. So War Horses of Letters is a parody of other um, wartime, you know, documentary type series that are told through ser- uh, told through letters, while also being a parody of obviously like War Horse and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the the reason that you need to listen to it as an audiobook is because the audiobook parodies like BBC radio plays and BBC documentary series. That's amazing. It's so good. <laughs> it's like every time they have like an overall narrator, but each person reads the letter in their own voice Ooh. and you can hear them sort of like crafting the the series around it. And it's just super fucking funny. If you ever watched any BBC documentary series that have stopped in the middle and started again. One thing that this book continuously does is it'll like get to the end of what you might consider a chapter per se. 
and they'll say, and that's all in like a very British accent. We'll just be like, that's all we have on the story of these two horses so far. Um, <laughs> and it's all we'll ever know. But maybe one day we'll find future letters that will tell us more. And then it goes into the second chapter and it's like, oh, it turns out because we aired this radio play, um, an old man opened up a vase and found another <laughs> wow. packet of letters and graciously donated it to the BBC. And it's like just really elaborate. Like the parody levels of it are absolutely perfect. It is about it is about Napoleon's horse and Wellington's horse, who was I the, like the British guy fighting against Napoleon. I actually know nothing about <laughs> this yeah, time or this war. Right. Guess what? You don't actually need to to be able to listen to this. <laughs> um, and the way the book starts off is one horse um, named uh, sorry, I have to look this. Okay, Marengo. Mar- is a racing horse Marengo. who sends Marengo, and he's a young colt. So he's only a year in horse years, Aww, but it's important to know. Baby. No, he's actually an adult because they're horses. So even though he's quite young, <laughs> he sends a letter, a fan letter, a fan letter. He sends a fan letter oh to Copenhagen, Napoleon's war horse, <laughs> and he has this like put upon fay horsey accent. That is the greatest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. It okay. It this is not who does this voice, but Jack Whitehall should have done this voice. Like that oh is how God. that sounds. To give you some perspective on that, and I think Steve, I think Stephen Fry is the name is the voice of Copenhagen. Oh my God. So possibly, um, but he has a fake French accent, but it's clearly a British accent. So the whole time you're listening to this British accent put upon a fake French accent, and it's fucking hilarious. And the fan letter is um, very clear in the romantic intentions of Marengo to Copenhagen. And I, when I started listening to this, can I tell you the shock on my face? <laughs> I, I wanted to read this book because I've read two other Marie Phillips books, God's Weaving Badly and The Tale of the Less Valued Knights. And I think they're both really good, really funny. And so I looked for other things she did, and this is one of the few things. So I didn't actually even bother really reading too much about the description. I knew it would be funny. (laughs) I knew it was about horses, but I thought it was going to be more of a parody of other things, not realizing. So when I started listening to this, and I, like, 30 minutes, not even 30 minutes into this audiobook, which is only four hours long, I'm listening to a fucking horse tell another horse why it thinks it's very attractive and why, you know, I'm, I'm such a big fan of you, Copenhagen. I could never be a war horse, but I hope to one day be as strong as you. And I'm like, what the fuck am I listening to? At one point, there is horsey Fifty Shades of Grey fan fiction. Like, that what? is what they go. Like, Marengo starts writing his own books. And they're all like romance erotica of him and Copenhagen. And they don't, thank God, thank God, they do not go very deep into the erotic element of it, except for one particular chapter, which is very descriptive in the use of saddles. (laughs) Like, they are basically horsey sexting through like old timey letters. It's the funniest thing. I kind of picture this in a can. It's actually kind of cute. I know, I'm telling you. You you have to. You have to. Absolutely 100%. The audiobook is so short. It's not that expensive. Get a free trial somewhere. I don't care what you do. <laughs> I think More it's like two hours because I know I, you told me to download it. I did. It I was did. super short. And I also, so I listened to it during work. Again, not knowing. Not knowing. 
<laughs> so I'm like a fucking jackass sitting at my desk at work, like bawling my eyes out, trying to like hold in my fucking snorts because every single chapter of this book is more hilarious than the one that came before it. There's like horsey jealousy because obviously horsey like jealousy. it's in the 18th century. So like some of them are in France and some of them are in England. So the horses don't really meet each other that much. So they start telling stories about how like Marengo starts getting of age to have horsey sex with other horses and Copenhagen's like I don't want you to feel <laughs> Copenhagen sounds like I don't want you to feel like tied to me like you should be able to like sow your young horsey oats and so Marengo does but so the next couple chapters are Marengo being like oh yeah no I am boning all these different <laughs> horse dudes but it's totes fine because Copenhagen you're the horse of my heart and like at one point what Copenhagen gets put out to pasture so he has to start breeding with oh. and he's like horsey women and they're like no it's just a thing that you have to do if you want little horsey kids one day and it's so stupid but so funny and like so are all horses gay is that what the thing is no mm -mm, not all of them only some um particularly marengo and copenhagen (laughs) um and there is i don't want to spoil too much but copenhagen (laughs) might perhaps meet another admirer who is closer to him that causes a lot of dramatic tension in the relationship And can I tell you something? I spent the whole time laughing about this stupid fucking book. The last chapter, it ends on a very emotional note, guys. So the last chapter, I had a moment where I was like, oh, oh, okay. It's fine, it's fine. I'm not crying, you're crying. These are tears of laughter. This is not because I'm sad that the story is finally coming to an end. I, I have to say, I recommend this to literally every person that's ever existed. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It was absolutely the best thing that I ingested this year. Out of everything? I think so. I think that there's nothing, like, there are things that were probably legitimately better, but nothing brought me this much joy in my life in such a short little package. Mm -hmm. And also because I was not able to ever find the print or ebook version of this, I was able to find the audiobook version, so I'm just happy I finally got to read it. I've been wanting to for several years. Uh-huh. Um, so I recommend it again. Super short period of time. You can use it to knock off your forty books for the rest of the year. I can. I was just thinking that. Yeah, and you're gonna really, really. And my twelve really other enjoy books it. help you along there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like I said, I super one hundred percent recommend it. I'm gonna give it a nine point five gay nineteenth century horses mm-hmm. out of ten modern British accents. <laughs> Excellent. I loved it. Um, we're going to recap the things that we picked uh, so that if you're interested in these, you can go, you can look them up, and there'll be links, obviously, on our WordPress and stuff like that for them. Yeah. What was your thing, Nat? Mine? Oh, I've already forgotten. <laughs> See, how can we expect the audience to remember if we can't? Mine was The Silver Thief by Edward Robertson, part of the Cycle of Galand series. Mine was The Full Maiden Lane series by Elizabeth Hoyt. And mine, as we just talked about, was War Horses of Letters by Marie Phillips and Robert Hudson. Woo! Okay, round two, traditionally movies. Let's see what happens this time, guys. Uh, I guess you're going first, Nat. So, (laughs) racking my brain thinking of the best movie of 2017. It was kind of easy, but it's been a while since it's been out, as Christina and I were talking, so Mm -hmm. it's kind of easy to put it out of mind. But the best movie that I thought of 2017 was Get Out. Correct. Directed by Jordan Peele. I forgot about this movie. Best picture. It's pretty good. It better be best picture. Fucking better. I mean, it should be nominated. We'll see if it I think it is going to be nominated, isn't it? It's like high on the list. It won't like, I think it's the highest grossing one or something. I forgot I watched this movie. (laughs) And it's a good movie. 
I when I'm making, mad I didn't pick this myself. I'm gonna put this when making choices for this. I felt like the Oscars myself, where I forgot about everything that didn't happen in December. Yeah, yeah. Like what January? This came out February, right? I think it was February. It was pretty early. Yeah, it was like Jan it Pem. was. Yeah. It was damn early. And the the only reason I actually remembered this one was because I went on my IMDb account and I was like, "Where my wait, what, wait, 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 wait." There's my, an account of IMDb that tells you what movies you've seen. Like I have my own account. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, and then you can rate movie like you can use it like you would TV time to track. What? Sorry. Yeah. Steph, please welcome to twenty seventeen. <laughs> Almost twenty eight. I just look at it to see who's in Get mo- your shit together. Yeah, you make it. I have a show what? <laughs> How do you think I keep track of anything? I have a two watch list for anything I still need to watch. Oh, she treats it like good My god. I do treat it. Although I really hate the fact that you can't see your most recently rated past a certain number of uh, movies. Which is really annoying. I, if I don't know about this, I'm sure many other people don't. Know I think about a this. lot of people don't because who you, who creates an IMDb account? Nobody. Except for people who want to comment on IMDb threads. Which listen, what the fuck are you doing with your life if that's what you're doing today? Honestly, you're looking at me like I do that. I do not do I, that. You comment on YouTube that's videos. Because I talking see to that the mic is eyes. weird. <laughs> okay. God damn you, Mike. Um, I do enjoy reading people's comments on IMDb because some of them get into, like, unnecessary drama about certain things, and I'm like, look at this fucker. People are too extra. So Get Out is about a black guy who heads to a remote town to meet his white girlfriend's parents. It's a very white town, and in the beginning, there's a bit of, I want to say, foreshadowing by his best friend where he's like, I don't know if you should go to a really white town. You don't know what happens out there. You could disappear perhaps there's a lot of a little bit of foreshadowing and you're like okay well this is a horror movie we're going into and when you first watch the movie you're thinking like this is gonna be a classic horror movie what's gonna happen but when you get there you're like holy shit this is a statement it was literally despite being not a traditional horror movie the most terrifying movie i saw yeah it was yeah. it was very terrifying and like the acting was <laughs> oh on point it was so on point because you first meet the parents and you're like oh my god the Dad is trying to be all cool and with it, oh, and everything. He's like, "Oh, what about that Obama? I voted for him." And you're like, "Oh shit, this is like every every <laughs> liberal white yeah. guy you meet, every liberal white guy you meet." And then the mom is like this like solemn therapist that really just wants to put him into therapy for some reason, or her like meditation stuff with the spoons, the fucking spoon scenes. Every time, every time I watch that, I'm like, "What the fuck is happening?" <laughs> hate it, hate it. Um, and the girlfriend even, there's like a little bit, there's something a little bit off with her from the beginning because you can tell she's really pushing for this meat, but there's like something a little bit off. Even his friend notices it. Yeah. So basically the whole movie is this horror movie that is classic horror movie. And there is a situation where somebody's trying to escape, but it's not what you think it is. It's a statement about, I want to say like black people in america but it's, like no, it's I about think being so. black it's, in america yeah, yeah but exactly it's the... but it's also just like history it's like also history of... it's also like the social not i don't want to say social media aspect of it but like the social aspect of it nowadays so that quote that i always love to say black is in yeah like black is popular right now and that's exactly it. it's a big statement on appropriation i think yes. and how because there's, if you haven't seen it, you really, really should watch it. But there's quite a bit about how certain parts of black yeah. culture are, because of the way that a lot of black people are dehumanized, are really, like, seen as something that you want. Kind of the same way 
of like now people want really big asses even though a couple years ago that would have been something really different because it's traditionally like the way a black physique looks so there's a big concept there of how they like steal the parts that they like of black people in black culture while putting away the part they don't like which is the blackness or the people themselves like they want to take aspects without having the people themselves or the struggle that comes with being black and they, like, reference, so, like, I will read a think piece after this, just to, because I was like, no way I'm catching everything that they're talking about. Yeah. And it was, like, the cotton that he puts in his ears to stop um, the, oh, hearing, the, the, hearing the video, the video like, referencing, like, slavery and how many yeah. people worked in cotton fields. I'm like, this shit's amazing. Oh, the like, auction scene totally, in particular. Like, it went past yes. my head when I was watching it, but reading it after, I'm like, oh when my god. When he meets the old man that's supposed to, well, this is gonna be a bit of a spoiler, but if you haven't seen it, it's fucking too late. But <laughs> um, when he meets the old man that's supposed to take his body, that artist guy, fucking creepy. Creepy. The guy with the cane, and they're at, like, they're in the garden or whatever. Oh, oh right, right, yeah, right, Yeah, right. and he's, like, talking to him about... Oh, I forgot about this movie! Yeah. Shit. Like, there's, like, little parts like that. Even, like, the one actor I can name, Lakeith Stanfield, his performance in that movie is... Oh, every performance. Unbelievable. In particular, the woman who plays Oh, the, the maid? The maid, the maid. Yeah. When Ooh. there is that tear going oh. down, and, and, oh, oh. And, like, it's people so good. have told me that they don't want to watch it because they think it's scary. I'm like, it's not scary so much as, like, it's, creepy. See, it has that aspect of, I've, I've probably talked about this movie before, but the movie You're Next. Have I talked about this movie? It's the same yeah. director as uh, The Guest. I've seen, yeah. Yeah, so it's the same director, but the concept is very similar. This girl goes with her boyfriend um, to, I think, his parents' place. And they're doing, like, a family dinner, and she gets to meet the parents for the first time. You don't really know much about the girl at first. Uh, and it becomes apparent throughout the thing that something is going wrong. The house gets under attack, and they're trying to escape the house. And what ends up happening is you find out that her boyfriend was in on it the whole time. Oh. And so it's that very same concept that his girlfriend is in on it, but there's, like, a whole other reason behind it. But in this way, it goes into, like, black politics and, like the the situation now in america and also past i guess but yeah very great movie uh we could probably discuss this all day (laughs) yeah we could do an episode just about get out one thing i'm going to call out super super quickly because i think it's really important there's a really good piece i just looked it up because i couldn't remember where it was from um i believe it's on neck shark written by rainier menending about why get out a movie about anti-black racism had an asian character and it delves into, in terms of talking about think pieces, it delves even further into the differences of different minorities in America and how the different experiences they have with racism and prejudice um, shape how they think. And it's interesting because, like, the Asian character in Get Out is, like, two lines, really small piece, um, not a lot going on, but the inclusion of that character and the lines that that person does have speaks to a whole, like, big history of the difference between the way different people of color are treated yeah. in America. And super, super interesting. So I recommend going onto Next Shark and looking up that article about why there was we'll, an Asian guy in We'll out. try to link it onto our yes. blog post. That's what we'll do. Because we're modern like that. Yeah. Um, so my rating for Get Out is 10 coagulas out of 10 black airport security guards who come to save you at the end of the movie. Wow, spoilers! <laughs> I know that one. Wow! I went deep into spoiler territory because if you have not seen this movie, you are 
Mm-mm. My sister's boyfriend hasn't racist. seen this movie because he thinks it's too scary. I'm like, no, no, no watch no. it. Like it's terrifying in such a different way. It's and exactly. Wait, it's is, I, is he white? Yeah, it's not gonna be that terrifying for him. <laughs> Direct quote. I, okay, I'm, people have this movie a lot. What I thought was super interesting in that is because if you watch horror movies, you know them well. You're literally constantly worried for the black guy. Like you are. Yes. Like there's an inherent. Yeah, there's an inherent moment where you're sort of always worried for the black guy, and that's the thing about this movie. Because he is the black guy, that that part of you is caring. You're literally worried for him the whole time, because even though there's no reason why he wouldn't be essentially the final girl, like, that is his role in this movie. The whole time, I'm like, he's gonna die, though. He's gonna die. Like, I can't hold like on to this. Like, any, anytime you're like, oh, well, he's done now. He's done. He's yeah. done. But, like, you're like, but he's the only character. Exactly. <laughs> he's the final girl, so you shouldn't technically be worried for him. Yeah. But you know, because of the state of America, you're literally always worried about black people. In that theater, when I watched that movie, at the end of that movie, the cheers that erupted from the audience made that movie for me. Because while this movie is unrealistic about what actually would happen, guaranteed a real white cop would show up at the end and he would be done. Like, his life would be so great. But instead of that, they went the positive route, had his friend pick him up, and I was like, fuck yes. yes." Doesn't he, like, run her over? Like, hit her? Yeah, I think so. Amazing. Amazing. Also, if you were one of those white people in the crowd that was cheering, it's good. It's good that you cheered. It's good that it was. But also, make sure that you realize you are also part of the problem. (laughs) We are all part of the problem. Like, yes, we cheered, and yes, it was exciting, but we also do tiny little microaggression things that lead to a movie like this being necessary to be made. I was a nice person in the theater. It was me. It was me. That was only me. I was the person I was with. I was the wise people there. Oh... That's great. Great Cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not include that. So, Steph, what's your movie? I didn't pick a movie. Oh, right. What's your what's other... What's your round two? My round two pick is Trial and Error. It is a mockumentary about crime shows. Oh! Have you guys seen... Oh! Trial and Error! Oh my god! Yeah, yeah! <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh my god! So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah. I did not think literally anyone else had ever seen the show. No, I've seen it! Oh my god! <laughs> Have you seen this fucking? No. It's so good. Okay, it's like The Office style. So it's a mockumentary about a lawyer trying to solve this case about a guy that is, people think he murdered his wife. And like the show is, the season is about them investigating it. And he has like two, are they investigators? I don't know who they They are. They're not. They're like, like one of them is like a law assistant and the other one is like a PI in a Parks and Rec style town. Yeah. So like they're crazy like it's they're kind of dumb it like sets the stage for like craziness so it's like taking like making a murderer and like every other crime show you've ever seen and like making yeah. fun of is it. it like american vandal style it's um yeah it's yeah it is but it came out first so i'll love it yeah, yeah. it is just something like <laughs> like it's hard to describe too oh it's it, it's something it's uh, uh it is to the night of what american vandal is to making a murderer right yeah. Okay, 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 got it. I get that reference. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, like, Sherry Shepard is in this. John Lithgow is the accused murderer. Yeah. John Lithgow. John Lithgow is in this show. I haven't seen this. No. It I'm came very out. surprised. I don't know if it has a season two. I really don't know. I think the, like, concept of it having a season two is really teetering if it's going to happen but or I not. But I think it could pull through. It, it could. It could. It totally could. It was a real dark horse. Did not expect to love it as much as I did. Did it come out this year? Yes. Okay. It's Came got in a, March. It's got a real Parks and Rec vibe. Okay. Yeah. From the office, like, Jema 
Mays. Do you remember her from Glee? Oh, yeah, She yeah. plays the, like, defending lawyer. She's so funny. And she, no, not defending lawyer. She plays. The uh, prosecutor. The prosecutor. And she is hilarious. And, like, they have, like, weird accents because they're from a small, hick town. <laughs> yeah. And, like, ugh, so many random things pop up in this. It's crazy. And, like, the main guy is Josh, and he is a lawyer from New York who they, like, brought in to help yeah. defend this crazy guy. Like, they have an office in a taxidermy thing. <laughs> you like, LOL all the time. It's yeah. so, like, I don't want to say anything because the journey will have to be a surprise because it's amazing. You will be quite I'm surprised. Exci- I feel like this is going to be my next watch. Super quick watch, Yeah, I think it's too. like 30, like 20 minute episodes, yeah. something like that. How many episodes? Not many. And it's like a mystery. You don't know who killed his wife. Who who drew the dicks? Who did who it? Drew the, yeah, who drew the dicks? No one knows. I think we know. Uh, yeah, that's all I gotta say. This is a short and sweet one. Yeah, no, that is a super good choice. That is an excellent show. And I can't see anything about it having a season two, which is terrible. Yeah, it was one of those ones where I think as you're watching it, you kind of know it might not go anywhere. Um, but, like, they could but, have a whole other mystery. And they two. built they built the show as if it was going, which I fucking hate so much. They put, a like, a little cliffhanger in there. They didn't tie it up being like, oh, we're only going to get one season. So it should have a season two because I want to know what happens. It doesn't look like it is having one, but I don't think it was canceled. Murder board. Murder board. Murder board. Murder board. Murder board. you string things across yes. on the murder board. It is so great. I do enjoy a good murder board. Your rating? Uh, my rating is, well, let me just take a quick glance. Nine murder boards out of ten mystery owls. Is that the bird? Oh, the owl from Oh, down yes, the, the owl. Of ten, ten. Is this a reference? Nine murder birds out of ten owls. Is this a reference to the famous crime? No. No, no. This is a reference to there is an owl in the thing, and it's. I amazing. think that the, might be a reference the, to the crime. It is. Do you guys know about the swooping owl? What is, sounds what is the crime? So anyone who is big into murders knows this one crime that occurred. I can't remember. It's some small town, whatever. But it's called the swooping owl mystery or or theory the swooping owl theory is what it's called and a husband is accused of killing his wife this is in reference to this yeah 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 who falls down the stairs and they yep. say that it's a swooping owl that came and yeah this well, is in reference yeah, to that. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah 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 this is like a real story though yeah this is 100 well they take it they take yeah. that story oh yeah amazing God. i'm so excited yeah. it's really good <laughs> And I'd like to add, even you are constantly wondering if John Lethgow did this or not. Because you never know. I'm just yeah. like, oh, did he do it? It was like a serial um, podcast. <laughs> did he do it? I don't um, know. Did you guys ever watch the season of Dexter where John Lithgow mm-hmm. was yes. the Trinity Killer? Oh, yes. Someone told a, me that, that they the can't look ones. at him ever again because he's so creepy. He yeah. is really good yeah. at being creepy. No, that was uh, one of the best seasons of it Dexter. It was literally my favorite season. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll just watch so that good. season. For anyway. I mean, never finish it. Uh, Christina. Hi. Uh, so I did. Turn. I did pick a movie, um, and as I mentioned, my memory is very short. So I picked a movie that literally just came out. But for me, except for Get Out, which I realized when I was talking about earlier, is legitimately that was a good pick. Yeah, that is one hundred percent the best movie of twenty seventeen. Like yeah. not no questions Agreed. asked. That was the best one. Hands down. Yeah. So second <laughs> best movie of twenty seventeen um, is Thor Ragnarok. That's very true. That's also true. I have no qualms about this. That movie was fucking amazing. It was everything I've ever wanted in a superhero movie in my entire life, literally. Um, I now want the director to make every single superhero movie ever. I want no... That guy's a personality. He is blessed amazing. 
I um, love him. I want to marry him. <laughs> he's already married. He's luckiest human being in existence. <laughs> I just love a guy with style. And, style, has, and like humor. Like the humor so is so humor. perfect. Yeah. Um, not to cut you off, but what we do in the shadows is going to be a TV show. I know. I'm so excited. Also, aren't they making a sequel? What we do in the shadows, but the werewolves, or is that the TV oh, wait, show? That what is, is, are you guys oh, talking no, about? You know what? I don't I'm know thinking, what that is. This, so the director of Thor Ragnarok has made two other movies before. Yeah. What we do in the shadows, which is a mockumentary office Parks okay. and Rec style version of vampires, vampires who live in the modern age. It's- so, so good. Funny. What's it called? What we do. What in the we shadows. do. It's in the on. Shadows. It should still be on Netflix. I'm writing yeah. it down. Um, the other one that's really good is Hunt for the Wilder People. Yeah. And I haven't seen that one yet. It's amazing. It's so good. I can rewatch that twice a year. Like it's that good. It should also be on Netflix. He's done a couple others. I think I've seen one of the other ones. Um, but yeah, they're not as good as these two. These two are so good that like, I can refer to them all day. You probably don't even know that I've been referring to some of these probably movie don't. quotes. Like, anytime I say another door, I'm referring to the <laughs> I've literally never heard you say that before. Oh, I've said it several times. Well, not to me. Or me. You just didn't notice because you didn't know it was a reference. Are you talking about Wilder People or what we did in the shadows? Hunt for the Wilder okay. People. Um, so, oh. if you live under a rock, as we've talked about before, um, the one person... Rock. If you live under a Ragnarok, if you live under an apocalypse, um, the plot of Thor, which I'll talk about my own special plots. I'm only talking about the things I care about. Um, it picks up after the last Thor movie and after um, everything has sort of happened with all the other superhero Marvel movies um, with Thor finding his way back to, um, where the fuck do they live? Asgard. Hey, I uh, thank you. With Thor finding his way back to Asgard, where Loki is currently pretending to be his father. <laughs> that bitch. So good. And where in, you know, the Joss Whedon version, Loki was a little fucking bitch that you hated. In this version, Loki is a little fucking bitch that you love. Love. Like, <laughs> the main, like, there's, listen, there's a main plot of Thor, whatever. Asgard's gonna burn. They have a sister, it turns out. They gotta, like, stop oh, the yeah. apocalypse from happening. All these things. Secret history. Yeah. Most, impor- most importantly is that the plot of this movie is Loki meeting a character named Grandmaster, who is played by Jeff Goldblum. Yes! And fucking his way to the top, okay? Because there's no way how in one week Loki went from, oh, I just happened upon your planet, to I know the secret code for your orgy ship, unless he was boning Jeff Goldblum. He so thank you very much for that Goldblum. happening. Guys, I had never thought of that. This is, so what made me love this movie even more. Did that more, happen? Was that a confirmed a, theory? This is a. I am sure. There's no way. Exact. There's literally no explanation for how he Loki knows the code has, to his orgy ship. Yeah, and the, he literally makes a face where, yeah. like, how would you know that? He's like, mm. <laughs> don't worry about it. Don't worry. The best thing I ever read was a meme about after this movie came out where it was like, Joss Whedon Loki, and it has one of the most, like, obnoxious things he's ever seen. Like, humans, you know, secretly yearn to be subjugated to people better than them or some nonsense like that. Yeah. And then it was like, I forget how to say his name. Uh, Taika Waititi. Then it was Taika Waititi, um, Loki fucks his way to the top like that. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best thing ever. So good. And like, I, so I've never been a big fan before of people who were super, super into Loki because the way that he's been portrayed in the Marvel Universe is he's yeah. not, 
Like, yes, okay, sure, maybe some things that are sad happened to him. Nothing sad enough happened to him to justify the genocide that he is looking for. He's supposed to be the god of mischief, not the god of, like, actual death to everyone. And the thing is, he is mischievous in this movie. Like, he that, is, yeah. he is funny mischievous, and the, Thor acknowledges the it. The story like, about the snake. Change. There is a story about Thor and a snake. And, like, it's the dumbest thing ever. Like, previous Lokis in this universe, like, were legitimately constantly trying to, like, murder Thor and have him be dead. In this universe, Thor's fondest or, like, worst memory of Loki is when one time he pretended to be a snake because he knew Thor loved snakes. And when (laughs) Thor went to pick up the snake, Loki was like, wah! (laughs) And scared him and turned back into Loki. That is beautiful magic right there. There. like you <laughs> so you funny. cannot get anything better than that um everything about it it's exactly what a horror movie should be it had just the right movie. uh sorry everything a superhero movie should be <laughs> I was like what? I meant hero movie um it had just the right number of adventures I could have lived with a single more adventure being in there um preferably somebody replacing Doctor Strange as we talked about in the last episode <laughs> because that whole part felt a little bit useless it felt like a reason more to put in the Sherlock joke than it did to actually be helpful to anyone. Um, or because they just thought it would be the simplest way to get back to It was literally the biggest eye roll I've ever done. Yeah, it was a bit, it was a bit nonsense. <laughs> but honestly, like, I didn't know. <laughs> like, it wasn't even, it wasn't even bad. It was just like, okay, that happened, you know? Like, yeah. not a single thing in this movie did I legitimately hate. Also, it had gladiators, and I don't know if you've known this about me, but I love gladiators. Oh, we know. So they, I did not think I would be okay with them Spartacus. cutting off. I know, I was like, oh yeah. Listen, it's I true. did not think that they would be, I would be okay with them cutting off his hair, but I was into it. They cut uh, off his hair. His hair? <laughs> Shorter? I was like, hell Love. I was I really shirtless it. for like maybe a minute. I was like, I could use more. He could have no. The seconds. gladiator thing. They could have used some visual cues from Sardicus. He could have had some leather strap armor yeah. instead. They could have oiled him up. Yeah. I'm I also very... like that blue rock dude. Oh, yeah. that, he was the, <laughs> the best. one that sounds like also, Jonah. I'm sorry. That this Taika Waititi voicing yeah. that. What? Yeah. yeah. He looks like he sounds like Jonah from Summer Heights High. <laughs> so good. He's so yeah. good. Also, like that. I'm sorry. There were some clear Spartacus gladiator um connections for me there in the way they did the whole like, oh, we're gonna start a rebellion thing. There were some clear things that I think that it is highly likely that this director is a fan of Stephen Denight, okay? I think <laughs> that that's a thing that probably happened and maybe he made a little light references and even if that didn't happen, I don't care. I'm gonna make them in my mind. I'm gonna connect to my favorite franchises. <laughs> I was in love with this movie. The Valkyrie is an amazing additional character. She mm-hmm, was great. Mm-hmm. This her. is the best version of the Hulk that's ever existed. Literally, Mark yes. Ruffalo just gets better every Every time he's the Hulk. Like, this was super good. Um, loved it. Recommended it. Everyone, you should watch it. Even if you don't watch literally any other Marvel movie, you should watch this one. And my rating is 9.5 Valkyrie Girlfriends out of 10. Jeff Goldblum fucked Loki, guys. <laughs> yes! Oh, Jeff Goldblum. So that's my that's my round two. Uh, just rehash, what was your round two, Nat? My round two was Get Out by Jordan Peele. My round two is Trial and Error. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and mine was Thor Ragnarok, featuring all the best people ever. By Taika Waititi. Yes, by Taika <laughs> Waititi. By. Okay, so round three, Nat, what is your third favorite thing Final of 2017? Round. My third favorite thing is a TV show that I recently started watching. I It might be because I can't remember anything from before this month, but there were a lot of TV shows I went through this year. 
And the one I'm choosing, I'm almost done it. I'm on, I think, the eighth or ninth episode. It's called Dark. It was, I think, recently added to Netflix. It is a German TV show. Oh, my God. In the style of Stranger Things and Coraline. Not even believe- Heartless? I can't think? believe it's not Heartless. Uh, that is a spoiler for next year. <laughs> Why do you think I'm so excited for our <laughs> next episode? <laughs> the show takes place in this small town in Germany. It's... I believe during, oh, so it starts off in, this is why it's weird. They didn't do the present time. It's not 2017. It's 2019 in the show. Oh. I don't know why yet or if that's going to come back at some point, but it's 2019 and it also flash ba- flashes back to, I believe, 1984, mm. 85, something like Random that. Random years. Maybe they're like over this year. The reason it does do the flashbacks is because there is some essence of possible time traveling. I don't know. Spoiler. I don't know. (laughs) Basically, you find out that the main character that you first get introduced to is this cop in this German town. And he clearly has a bit of a secret past. There's something going on. His brother disappeared when he was younger, like 30 years ago, in that whatever 80s time frame. And in the present time, his son disappears. So it starts oh. to make these weird connections, like what happened to his son, what's going on. Everybody has a secret. And the reason why I do mention the Coraline thing is the other main character is this young, not young boy. He's like a teenager, but he has a yellow coat, very much like Coraline. And he does do some crawling around in tunnels, very much like Coraline as well, if you guys have seen. Much like the kid from It, though. That is also true, but there is no red balloon in this. So basically you find out that his father uh, killed himself in the very beginning. They start off the show that way. And they're trying to make the connection with all these people that, or not the all these people, but the two people that went missing. There's a creepy cave involved and the kids meet at the cave. Somebody sells drugs at the cave. Ooh. Yeah. Parties, raves? There's no parties or raves, but the teenagers are all connected in some weird way too. And there's this secret guy behind the scenes named Noah. <laughs> No. Yeah, very biblical. <laughs> I was like, is this connected somehow? There's a watchmaker involved. And you start to get a little bit into these mysterious characters that start to show up. Just normal people, you think. But then that's when they introduce the time travel aspect. Is but it, the, Are you, like, shocked by this time travel aspect? Not really. The time travel aspect is pretty early on you start to get... Like, you immediately know that this is going to be a thing. But the way or who is who in the show, I don't want to completely give it away because somebody is somebody else in the modern times who was somebody else in the past times. Okay. And perhaps somebody traveled. (laughs) Yeah, it's very weird how you found out how people are connected and why they disappeared and how they disappeared and who is involved and who is Noah and why two kids showed up dead. Do you watch the French show... I think it was called The Returned. Yeah, I did watch that. The original French one. Yeah. Yeah, It's very much like The Returned as well. But it's got this whole time travel thing, which is really, really strange. Because you're like, why is this time traveling a thing? (laughs) And then it kind of starts to slowly reveal what's happening. It's very, like, isolated town. There's nothing going on. Like, nobody from the outside world gives a shit about this town for some reason. (laughs) Two kids go missing. They're like, whatever. One kid... Science experiment. Yeah. Why would you... Yeah, and one kid shows up dead with his eyes burned off. What the fuck? Yeah, it's crazy. Totally normal. Yeah, completely normal. How do you burn off an eye? It's it's almost like he was wearing something metal here, and Uh. he, like, it was, like, fried off. 
Like, oh. There's like a band of like, yeah, it's pretty okay. graphic. And you kind of start to realize that like uh, there's like a guard that kind of went crazy. He's related to something. There's so many multi-stories in each episode. And there's like an affair going on. So there's like the regular story. And then there's like the time travel story. And then there's the people that know stuff but haven't said stuff. So it's really good. (laughs) Obviously, I've made, well, I started watching it with three other people. And so we're all at different, I think some of us have finished and some of us have not. And then I made somebody else start watching and she finished before I did. Yeah, that's what I like. Really annoying. Because I was like, I'll finish by this weekend. And I still have like two episodes to go. Mm -mm. Whatever, we'll discuss. I'm really excited to get to the end because I actually heard that there's more twists than I thought there'd be. Because the whole time you're trying to guess who everybody is or how they're connected to them. Is it one season? It is currently just one season. Okay. And then, like, hopefully it'll, like, wrap up? I'm hoping it'll wrap up, but I have a feeling there might be hints of a second season. But I think it's because it is such an involved series. Like, there's just so much going on. I can't see how they would wrap it up in two episodes. Like, there's, I think they'll wrap up, like, the main part, but I think there's going to be a second part with why this something is happening, why this occurrence is happening. This is the only thing that uh, I think that we've mentioned so far that I probably won't watch. At least not until it's done done. I I can't, I can't have so many cliffhangers in my heart anymore. I (laughs) want shows that are completely finished. To be honest, I say that every time, and yet I will still watch something. I won't. Because it's just so good. I give up on things quite easily. Uh important thing to note netflix fucking like a bitch assumes that you want to watch this in the english dub so its default is to put on the english dub it is an awful dub awful like the mouths don't even line up and their voices don't even make sense with their faces it's just fucked up it's so fucked up so please change it to the german (laughs) i think i would be fine with the mouths not lining up if i was getting an accurate translation you are not that feeling bugs me. That anything. Bugs me. It's, it's so no. It's you know why so I could live off. with it because when I'm watching TV, I'm actually on my phone, so I probably wouldn't even notice that it was happening. Well, I should also mention this is a very visual show. <laughs> you need to watch. So it. you're gonna want to watch it. Um, yeah, it's way better in the German, and the English dubbing doesn't even make sense. Like it doesn't suit their voices. It doesn't even look like they're saying the same sort of stuff. It's really good. My rating for it is eight yellow jackets out of ten crazy mom fights. <laughs> because you know there's some crazy German moms in there. And they do. They do fucking punch. I'm like, surprised by this. Is that a stereotype in German mothers? No. The, it actually occurs on the show. No. I mean, when you said you know, <laughs> when you said you know there's some crazy German moms there, I was like, is that like a stereotype? No. Like, do, I, do I know it because it's a stereotype that there are crazy German moms? I don't know. I don't know. I'm asking. I don't know what to tell you. Okay. I mean, I you can guess what I'm gonna pick because I just talked about it last week. My pick is The Crown, (laughs) (laughs) season one, because I'm only there. (laughs) Came out in 2016. Only started it maybe less than a week ago. The show is tight. It's so good. I don't know why I was putting it off for so long. It's just okay. Whoa, there. I quite liked it. I I thought it was good. Zero drama. You know what, though? Sometimes that's fucking okay. It's about real life. Like, at a certain point, don't dramatize what wasn't dramatic. And yet they made somebody very creepy that should not have been creepy. See, now I... Okay. (laughs) Who shouldn't have been creepy? Prince Philip? (laughs) We don't... That's the thing. 
I'm like, I don't know what's real. I don't know what's fake. That's the thing. Like, I, now because this dude is still alive and really exists, the guy that Max Smith plays, I'm always wondering, I'm like, are you legitimately that creepy? Are you a little Did you... asshole? I, I'd like to add, I don't think that, so if you've seen any of the show, you've seen the scene where a lung is removed from somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Smith wanted to fuck that lung. Like, let's be clear. <laughs> He's given that lung the bedroom eyes. He was like, ooh, I'm gonna stick my dick inside that lung. Like, that is the face that he's giving. I, I like that. I don't think that's what the directors were going for. I don't think that this dude legitimately fucked a lung. But Matt Smith, in that moment, he wanted to fuck that lung. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. It's, go back. It crossed my mind. Go back. Of course go when Christina first said that to me, I was like, that is 100% yeah, yeah. what his eyes said. I was messaging her as I was watching it, and I was like, why does he want to fuck a lung? <laughs> It's a hundred percent because it's so creepy. And you're like, I don't know why I'm so uncomfortable right now, <laughs> but I am very uncomfortable. I think he's gonna like know. suffocate the king with his creepy beady eyes, not fuck a lung. <laughs> no, he was looking at that lung like it meant something. Yeah, I don't know. It meant that the king was gonna die soon. However, Matt, what his face said was, "Ooh, okay, so how could it be warm around were... my dick?" <laughs> recording and i was like a podcast and she's just this is like first time hearing about this she's like, is it for work and i was like for fun she's like why Ooh, why I do want you to. why do you need to have fun and i was like oh, leave me alone i would never let her listen to this podcast so the crown oh back to what matters <laughs> right back to okay well you're thinking about fucking dead broke ass <laughs> lungs i was crying my eyes out <laughs> it back to the beginning. <laughs> I will never get over that look. <laughs> I'm keeping this all in. I'm keeping this all oh, in. God. Oh god. Okay, okay, we're good. We're good. We're good. Okay. You were bawling your eyes out. Well, for, first I picked up the series because I had royal fever because Prince uh, <laughs> right. Prince Harry and Meghan Markle just got engaged, and I was yep. like, I need every royal romance there is. In my life. Oh, little did you time. know this was not a romance. This is not a romance, but it was perfect. So I like started watching this on the plane, my hour plane ride back to Toronto, and I'm like, why am I tearing up? Like, can people see that I'm almost crying watching <laughs> this fucking The Crown on this plane? Shocked. It shook me to my core. And then I actually literally cried when the king, because obviously, spoiler, if you don't know history, <laughs> the king dies. <laughs> and I bawled my eyes. I'm like, what's happening to me? Like what? If you don't know, I have I'm dead inside. No, no emotion ever he was crosses really, my face. He was a real good. Like it was good. It was emotional. He was a it was good done actor. Very well. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The bitch that plays the queen is oh, excellent. His, His wife? daughter. Oh, His daughter. Claire. Yeah. Claire yeah. Foy. 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 I think it's Foy. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. Matt she's Smith really is good. also amazing. A fucking asshole. Yeah, I don't know he's if he's like I wonder. I wonder show. how much of that is like a decision they made, or how much of it is based on real life. Like I was talking to my I mom, think, and I she think was Matt saying Smith is just an asshole. No, but my mom was saying that Prince Philip has said some like stupid things. I buy that though. I think I, my yeah, mom. Yeah, I could buy that too. Before. Maybe that's why he's so silent. And to be fair, like Matt Smith <laughs> is actually really good at playing asshole dudes because he's got an asshole face. Yeah, and he is definitely. He has an a asshole. beautiful girlfriend. Do you know who his girlfriend is? No. Uh, the Cinderella. What? The Cinderella? From the live action Cinderella? Yeah, the live action Cinderella. Damn. What's her okay. name? The, like uh, the model? 
Lily, um, not Lily Collins. No. No. Who played the Cinderella? I don't know. Some blonde bitch. Lily. Some... Lily James. Oh right, right. I'm gonna get her photo for you. I did not like that movie. I liked the dress in that movie. I actually think it was bullshit that that movie didn't win best costumes. She is gorgeous. She deserves better. <laughs> what did they meet? Like what? Oh, the... did you read the? Oh, yes, my God. I did. We're read gonna do it. this whole thing now. The fucking shit that Matt Smith had to say mm-hmm. about Meghan Markle mm-hmm. and getting married, being like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I feel really, <laughs> I feel really sorry for her, but you know, if that's what you want to do, good luck." So like, condescending. Uh, did you also read who he wanted to play Meghan Markle in no. the TV show? He wants Selena Gomez to play it. I'm like, she ain't even half black. Excuse she is me. Cut Latino. They are nothing similar at all whatsoever. No. no. <gasps> Rude. I was very fan. I was like, so you could not find any half black people to play. That was role? no. I'm sorry. That was literally the darkest person he could think of. Yeah. Yeah. It was. You know it was. I'm just thinking how white the crown is. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. It's pretty. Damn Ooh. White. Do you think they're gonna wait? Hold on. Never mind. This is why it's so amazing was... that Meghan Markle is half black. Let me just say, yeah. I and love them. once divorced. Exactly. And not British. So many yes. things. And she's connections she's, to Toronto. Guys, she's selling her Toronto house right now. And oh, I, I saw that. I had a moment where I was like, yeah, I'll buy yeah. it. <laughs> a million something. Well, it's not her selling it. It's the person she rented from that's selling it. Oh, she didn't own Oh. That person saw an opportunity and they went for and it. Yeah, I that. That was really that. smart. Although they're not making that much more than what they bought it for. I'm going to be honest. They bought it for like five fifty. You don't know what the auction behind the scenes is going to be. If they're selling it for over a million and they made it for five fifty, that's significant. Not as significant as it could be. Yeah, but it, it's gone down quite a bit. We're going off track. No one except us cares about That's real estate. No one, no one cares. No one cares. Only I care. Uh, this I mean, I care a lot. But I mean, I also care. Yeah. Uh, I was wanted to see pictures inside, but never mind. Um, this is the most expensive TV show ever made. Or really? Like maybe Netflix really? has ever made. Yeah. Because they have to rent the places that they're filming in. Oh. And, like, how long are they going to stay there for, like, a season? That is so fascinating. Isn't I did not interesting? know that. Ooh, you know what I bet also costs money? All those great corgi, corgi butt shots. Yeah. Oh, my God. The corgi. Like, this show's... It's beautiful. This show's beautiful. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Uh, I just thought of the one episode of People of Color. It's the one where they're in Africa. Oh, yeah. for fuck's sakes. <laughs> and you see Matt Smith's butt. Oh, yeah. Which was... Which and is like, the I whitest think, thing you've ever seen. Like, like, his butt is real. It is blinding. Real, real down there. <laughs> and like Queen Elizabeth, I think legitimately loves him. And him, I'm not sure. I still don't know. There's. Have you fi- so you finished season one? I'm not done yet. Okay. Yeah. There's. I have a lot of emotions about the like hypocrisy of him when it comes to feelings that they might have for other people as well. Ugh. There's a lot of shit there. Like mm-hmm. Princess Margaret in. Townsend. She is the best. Never she seen that actress before. And I was like, I love that. Yeah. No, I, the acting in that show is so damn good. That's what it is. Listen, there's like not a lot of drama. There's yeah. not a lot of things. I will agree happening. with that. I did enjoy watching that yeah. show. But that's what it is. It's a character piece. And like, yeah. it's there to be like, hey, just watch at how good they are at playing these people. Like, the history, I think. Is okay, but like the drama between the sisters, give me that more than anything. I think it really bothers me when they sorry when they added like really random drama that was unnecessary, like the the Winston Churchill thing, yeah, with the girl that doesn't actually exist, the girl that died, yeah, the girl that died, she doesn't actually exist in real life, yeah, okay, so it was just a random period of time did happen, yeah, yeah, but that girl did not like this girl was not a catalyst for him changing his mind for anything. Just Princess Margaret, just like I will never forgive you. Oh yes, no, that was also really good. Um, so good. Yeah, I think that's 
Oh, and then so I was doing research just for funsies, and so season three and four they're recasting uh, Claire and Matt for older actors, oh. which I did not realize. Oh. So. I think they're time jumping quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. So they're gonna. I'm like, I can't wait for Princess Diana yes. to show oh up. My that God. wedding is gonna so be exciting. crazy. Can you imagine being the person who's going to <laughs> apply to be prince, like audition to be Princess Diana? No. Even little Prince Harry and like when they walk behind the casket, like I am gonna be destroyed. <laughs> they're gonna over dramatize when she dies. Oh yeah. Maybe you'll see it because it. I, like I'm that's like kind of it's kind of murky. Like what happened exactly? Like it was like a car the accident. Limo. Yeah. People that the conspiracy romance. theories that it was with the planned. paparazzi and stuff yeah. like that, and that the queen was behind the whole thing, yeah. which I doubt it. Could you imagine if though the crown is gonna be like, no, we're gonna show you pl- her plotting it? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, like I wonder where, like, because I don't know too much about the actual prince or whatever, I and how much they've removed themselves from history. I really wonder what they're gonna get to at a certain point where they're like, listen, we're just gonna be outrageous. I hope they go crazy. Yeah, me too. That would be so fun. Yeah. And then I guess they'll probably end with Prince William and Catherine's marriage, maybe. Or maybe uh, Prince Harry. I think that they should be going as far as Prince Harry's wedding. Because, because I want to see, I want them to cast Meghan Markle. Maybe, yes. they'll, maybe they'll switch it up. So, like, they'll stop caring about the Queen and we'll just focus on, like, Prince William, Prince Harry, and, like, oh his God, life. Yes. Even though Diana. they're currently alive right now and are not that old. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Could you imagine being Prince William? He's, like, literally 30 Ooh. and they're just like, oh. Yeah. Watching, I feel like watching the TV receding. show. Yeah. I, they're like, their lives are not that dramatic. Like, Could you imagine watching a TV show and somebody's playing you and you're like, what the fuck am I doing? But he went to school in Canada. Like, in an Ontario, like, yeah, he did. He 100% did. I think uh, he went to school in the States for some reason. No, it was Ontario. <laughs> Anywho. In case you didn't catch that, the plot of The Crown is the history of the current Queen Elizabeth. Elizabeth. The second. The second. And at her rise to power. And your rating? Um, my rating is nine black lungs <laughs> out of ten cr- crying kings at Christmas. <laughs> I'm really happy you picked lungs I know. not knowing. <laughs> I did not know. Dude, he was going to fuck that long mouth for uh, sure. If there were nine lungs, he'd fuck all of them. Why would they take out a lung? Also, is this medically... Old, old medicine. Like, he's clearly having issues. Also, smoking with one lung, cool. Smart. But, like, you probably need two to live. I'm pretty sure you do need two to live. Like, anything you could have possibly done not remove a lung, I think they should have done. Anyways, I don't understand. I mean, did you see how black that lung was? It was done. <laughs> they had to get rid of it. Everyone, Otherwise... has blo- Everyone has cancer in the show, and they're all just smoking away. Oh, that's because <laughs> they're all just smoking away. Like, this is the time. Everybody thought it was totally cool. I was like, hmm, that tar you were sipping on. It's just fine. Sipping on. All right, I'm done. My picks. Okay. Christina, your turn. Final best of 2017. Here we go. Uh, I have talked about this show before, but when it came down to the one show of 2017 that I was going to talk about, that wasn't like the most recent season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, obviously, <laughs> is, and I'm very excited to say this, The Good Place. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Starring Christian Bell and Ted Danson and other people whose names I don't know. And it is good as shit. Just like Trial and Error, mm-hmm. The Good Place was a total fucking surprise to me. Yeah. Yep. Um, the plot is mostly about a woman called Eleanor Shellstrop, who is played by Christian Bell, who has a very embarrassing death and ends up in The Good Place. And in this play, and this concept is that The Good Place is essentially heaven. And she meets Ted, da- Ted Danson, who is the, like, director of heaven. 
and he tells her that like throughout your life you're a really good person you've managed to make it up here to the good place he tells her about all the great things um the way they build a good place is really interesting every good place has like 372 people exactly and the good place is built exactly to what those particular people will love and they're grouped together by personality um he gives her the whole walkthrough like trying he introduces her he introduces her to her soulmate because everybody in the good place has a soulmate and his name is Chidi and he's an old professor and that's when you find out that Eleanor Shellstrop should not be in the good place. She is the wrong Eleanor Shellstrop. What's hilarious is when you find out she's the lo- wrong Eleanor, the whole time you go back you're like, oh my god, the way she was smiling and nodding. Yep, I'm like, yep, yep. like, yep. Yeah, okay. she feels very good actress. I belong here. Yep. <laughs> Um, her, so you realize that they wanted a different Eleanor Shellstrop and that she is in the wrong place. And she, um, admits to Chidi that she is actually a horrible person. (laughs) She is one of the worst people that's ever existed. Um, she does not care about anybody. She has not done any of the good things I think she has, but she can't go to the bad place because they talk about the bad place quite a bit and all of the horrible people that who are there. And Adam Scott is in the bad yeah. place. Yes, and he's he amazing. Adam Scott, with the second Adam Scott was on the show, I was like, oh, boom, new favorite show. Like, 100%. I'm yes. in love with him. He is amazing. So the main sort of overarching arc is Chidi, who in his, like, when he was alive, was an ethics professor teaching Eleanor how to be good under the sort of concept that if she does, if she learns how to be a good person while she's in the good place, maybe she will deserve to actually stay there and nobody will find out that she's not the correct Eleanor. And then it's a sitcom, so each episode hijinks ensue, ensue based on this. In shoes. Hijinks in shoes. Hijinks ensue based on the lie that they're telling. It's excellent. Um, one of my favorite elements of The Good Place, which I was like, this is nonsense is that you can't, in this particular good place, you can't swear because these people don't like swearing. So every time Eleanor goes to swear, she says forking or (laughs) shirt balls or bench. And there was one for, there was one for another word that I'm forgetting, but like cousin or something like that. It was also quite funny. Um, So hearing just like literally for half an hour, Kristen Bell go mother forking shirt balls over and over and over again is amazing. Ted Danson is hilariously obtuse in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Tehani is also one of the people in The Good Place. And she is sort of that quintessential um, rich and beautiful. Perfect girl. Perfect girl. And obviously Eleanor hates her immediately. Um, and she's got kind of like a, a mean girl. But if she was very angelic and gave a lots of money to charity vibe... And the show goes on and things start to unravel and it just gets absolutely, absolutely excellent. Um, I won't talk too much about it because you, at a certain point, you just sort of have to watch it. But at the end of the day, it's a sitcom. The core concept is pretty simple. Um, I really like, even though it's one of the more basic concepts of how it's decided if you're a good or a bad person, they say that the way that they decide it is it's basically like a mathematical equation. All the good things in your life equal a certain number. All the bad things in your life equal a certain number. And once you die, you're left with, you know, either a positive or negative number. And that decides if you go to the good place or the bad place. There's also a concept in one episode, which I love so much and which Eleanor harps on quite a bit, which is the neutral place for people who are just sort of medium, place. the medium place for people who are neutral or just sort of okay. We're like, they're bad, but do they deserve to be tortured their whole life? And I heard that and I was like, yeah, I think I'm a medium place. I think I, I think I am. She looks so sad, that medium gal. She just, I mean, she literally just does cocaine and watches, oh, what movie is it? 
Something oh, 2. Yeah. It's a sequel to some horrible movie. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Grease 2? <laughs> no, it's in the 80s. Oh. Anyway, super good. There's a season 2. Um, Have you watched season 2 yet? I'm, I'm in the middle of watching it as it goes on. I have not started You get to a certain point where you sort of wonder, like, how long can you keep something like this going? How's it going to work? But I think the people that are writing The Good Place know what they're doing. They're writing some stuff that, like, you're like, okay, I can see where you can keep going with this. Um, really funny. The acting is all really on point. I absolutely love it. Yeah, that's a good show. Yeah. Agreed. Mm-hmm. What's your rating? Uh, my rating for The Good Place is 9.5 What the Forks <laughs> out of 10 Son of a Benches. Yes. And I'd like to mention, for people, the listeners at home paying attention, my rating for everything, because they were the absolute best of 2017, is 9.5 out of 10. Any of these could have made it 10 out of 10 if there had been more lesbians. <laughs> if they had been honest about Valkyrie... Or if they had been open about the fact that Valkyrie was absolutely upset that her girlfriend died in Thor Ragnarok, 10 out of 10. If The Good Place just went full Aren't they hard. Are sisters? No. Okay. Especially because, like, the woman who played that character was like, no, when she was filming it in her mind, like, the way oh, that she okay, did it okay. was that the woman who died was her girlfriend. I was oh. like, I fucking knew. Anyway. Tessa Thompson. Uh, Love that bitch. Um, the Good Place, if they, and they tried to do this a little bit, but when they double down, on the idea of um, Eleanor being super into Tahani. That's what I'm here for. They yeah. could have gone to a 10, point, 10 out of 10 if they pushed that just a little bit further. Um, and War Horses of Letters was literally just all dudes. It was all dudes. It was every single character was a male character. <laughs> a male horse. Just needs to two lesbian horses. Done. Yeah. Even though I, like, I live with one and she just talks about her horsey girlfriend. It's fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that was my thing for 2017. More women love women. And you could have been 10 out of 10. I can agree with that. Yeah. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. So that's us. Uh, tune in for our oh, next no. episode. We should do a recap of all our picks. Oh, mm. yes, yes. Recap round three. So my pick for round three was Dark, the German TV show. Never going to watch that. Mine was The Crown on Netflix. Super into watching the second season. And mine was The Good Place. Awesome. Yes. So that was our best of 2017. Let us know what your best of 2017 was. Again, things that you read this year that you were fucking in love with so that we can add more to our 2018 read pile that isn't yes. already bursting. Or watch pile. Or watch pile. Lots um, Be super stoked for our next episode, which will be a mini-sode that we'll release if in we early can. January. If we can keep our mouths shut. This recording is already super long. Oh, fuck. Um, but we'll be talking about things we're most excited about in 2018. <laughs> and a little bit of housekeeping in case you haven't noticed, we have a two-week release schedule. So we release every episode that we have on a Tuesday, and two weeks after that, we'll release the next full episode. Minisodes or lightning rounds, or whatever the hell we call them, will end up coming out sporadically in addition to full episodes. Like gifts. You don't know when they're going to come. They'll just fall in your lap. Exactly. Fall in your inbox apps. I don't know what the... On your inbox. Fall in your notifications. Make sure... Yeah, and they'll fall in your notifications. If you guys have subscribed, make sure you're subscribing and you're downloading and you're liking and you're rating. And you're listening. Yes. All of the above. I honestly could live if you don't listen as long as you do those other things. Wow. No, I think it matters. <laughs> I think it very much matters. And if you Play want... Play it on in the background. It's fine. If you want to talk to us about any of the episodes, even past episodes, that's fine. You can email us at everyoneandtheirsister at gmail.com. Or any of our social media platforms at Eatscast. 
And that's Eats, eats. Cast. E-A-T-S Cast. Not like somebody mentioned Eats Cat. <laughs> I'm so offended at that person, by the way. Emily, if you're listening, never speaking to you again. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. See you in 2018. Happy See you binging. in 2018. Happy binging. Bye. Bye. Music credit goes to artist Clarabelle for the song Wallflower and Jazzhar for the song Please Listen Carefully. But, so it's basically... <laughs> basically that stupid word but, are you giving more plot but so it's basically but it's basically okay but anyway <laughs> listen <laughs> so i'm gonna i'm gonna put this in the podcast there's one thing that matt can't seem to do and it's just start a sentence like, i can't just like start a, like start a sentence from the beginning and not in the middle of a different sentence <laughs> what is your problem with it i'm just gonna do what i want to do I, because i'm the one that has to edit it all out who cares so leave them in. Leave it in. Oh, audience, you don't want me to do that. <laughs> trying to figure out how to start the, the sentence. Uh, them. Remember they. how last time all you had to do was start it with the movie? You can do that again this time, too. I can't do that this time because I've already started. Are you in the middle of a sentence? Yes, I was. <laughs> but then I started to realize I started saying basically, God damn it. Now I'm, this is why I shouldn't have known, because now I just sit there and have to think about it. Oh my god, you have to think about your words before you say them. Yes! <laughs> I can't just let it flow naturally. We like. I was going to say anyway. Yes, you were! <laughs> I was going to say it.